Hi, friends. I'm Mandy. And I'm Missy. And we're the Wayward Homesteaders. In this podcast, we will talk about homesteading and homeschooling. We will cover topics like food preservation, gardening, unschooling, and all the things we enjoy doing with our families. Grow with us as we talk about creating a homestead full of poop, plants, permaculture, and everything in between. Hi, friends. I'm Mandy with Chapel Hill Forge. And I'm Missy with Homesteading Roots. Today, we are going to continue the second episode in our series about preserving food. So last week, we talked about dehydrating. You can check out that episode on tips about the dehydrators that we love, the foods we like to dehydrate, some science behind what you may or may not want to dehydrate. So check out that episode. You can learn all about that. Um, That's a great kind of gateway into food preservation because you can get a dehydrator for pretty cheap or you can even just dry things, you know, in your house or in the sun and it really doesn't cost you much of anything. So this week we're going to talk about freeze drying. Um, Oppositely from dehydrators, freeze dryers are pretty expensive. Um, It's typically the first thing I hear when people ask about dehydrators or sorry about freeze dryers is, you know, can you get a cheaper one? Is there any other manufacturers and all that? So we're going to tackle all that stuff today. We're going to talk about when we got our dehydrators, why we got, I keep saying dehydrators, freeze dryers, why we got our freeze dryers, when we got our freeze dryers, what we love to freeze dry, um, issues that we've had and how to store things. We'll give you some of our tips and things we've learned. So um, we're going to talk about all that stuff today in this episode. And I know people always have confusion between freeze dryers and dehydrators. And is it the same thing? And is one better and all that? So we'll talk about that stuff too. So I first learned about freeze dryers probably a year and a half ago. My dad is an engineer and kind of super nerd, um, which is a great thing because we can, you know, geek out about these kinds of things together. So he started researching freeze dryers and mom and I kind of looked at him a little funny, like, dad, what is this like rabbit hole that you've gone down? Um, And gosh, here we are 18 months, probably later, I'm guessing they've had theirs. And I can't even imagine life without my freeze dryer. So um, they had ordered their freeze dryer directly from Harvest Right and came in on the freight truck and got it all set up. And I think one of the first things they did, you always do a bread run first, but I think one of the first things they did was bananas. Um, and we were just like all hooked from there. So, like I said, they've had theirs probably 18 months. We used theirs, um, for probably a year before we took the leap to get ours. Um, sharing it works like in the winter, but in spring, summer, fall, when the garden is just like producing like crazy, um, it's really hard to share your freeze dryer. My parents live about 15 minutes down the road and they were so helpful with helping us learn about the freeze dryer and being willing to, you know, I could just drop off like quarts of strawberries and mom prepped them for me and like, you know, way above and beyond as she always does for us. Um, But just having our own is so much more convenient. So we've had ours since March. We actually were lucky enough to source ours from a local hardware store. I say local is about an hour away. Um, I just started calling around. I went on Harvest Right site they had, um, you know, like find a local supplier or whatever. And I found one, um, in Ephrata, which is like I said, about an hour from us, same County, but, um, other side of the County. And, uh, we just picked it up and brought it home, which was fantastic because at the time, um, the wait time from harvest, right. Was, did you wait six to eight weeks, miss? Yeah, it was, I think it was eight to 12 when eight I was 12. placing my order. And I think it's about the same. Um, right now I have another friend who's waiting on a freeze dryer and I think she was told about eight to 12 weeks. It seems like some people are getting them sooner than that, but that was the lead time in March. And so we were just so excited to be able to just bring one home. So that's, I think, yeah, since, since we've gotten it, I'll talk a little bit about the issues we had when we brought ours home, but why don't you tell me about yours, miss, when you got it, how you got it. Cause you had a little bit different experience bringing yours home than we did. 
Sure. Um, yeah. So I had saw that people were buying them through Walmart or not Walmart. I'm sorry. Good grief. Home Depot. And um, I thought, OK, well, if I can't get it locally at like a farm store or something, let me see if Home Depot here has one in stock. So I went on Home Depot's website. Well, of course, they don't carry them in store. So that was a big bust. So then I'm like, OK, you know what? Then I'm just going to order it and I'm just going to be patient and wait the eight to 12 weeks. So I placed the order through Home Depot. Um, and it said eight to 12 weeks, you'll get an update, you know, this and that. So it was probably a week and a half, maybe two weeks. And I got an email that said, you know, your, your order is preparing to ship. And I was like, oh my. So I'm like, now what do I do? So I went on and a couple people that we watch, um, on YouTube that have freeze dryers have had like delivery, um, they've told us, you know, how their delivery went and they're like, you know, they're going to call you and they're going to tell you a date and time. And you have to be there. You have to accept the package. They're not going to like roll it up to your door. If you live like in a development, you have to make sure that they have an easy way in and out. And they're coming in a tractor trailer, mind you, an 18 wheeler. So I'm like, okay, we live in a development. Like the end of our development is no outlet. We're on a cul-de-sac. Oh gosh, this is making me nervous. <laughs> so um, other people were saying too, that it was coming like FedEx and their FedEx delivery people were not very nice. And, um, they said, you want to take 15 minutes to have the person get it off of the truck. You want to open the package and make sure there's no damage because if there is damage and you accept it and sign that paper, it's on you. Like Harvest Rate will not replace it. FedEx won't be responsible. That's just, you know, $2,500 that you just ate. So I was like really working myself up for this and I'm like, this so is much anxiety. Such a- yeah. So I was like, this is going to be such a horrible experience. And I, you know, my husband was working full time at the time and I was home with the kids and I'm like, this is going to be, I'm just going to probably cry at the end of my driveway. So, <laughs> um, thankfully, um, thank the good Lord. My husband was just miraculously off that day. They called and said, Hey, we're going to be there at 11. Okay, great. Guy was very nice on the phone. Um, then he, you know, he called us when he was in the, in the, development and he's like I see it says no outlet am I gonna be able to turn around and he's like where are you on a cul-de-sac and I said we are on a cul-de-sac and you should be able to like a trash truck gets in here and does whatever should be able to pull in you know and then like back up or do whatever we'll meet you at the end of the driveway like expecting you know my husband's gonna have to hoist this huge thing off of his gate whatever even people were like they won't you're gonna have to have a forklift they're not gonna get the machine off the back of the truck for you like they won't be willing to use their little drop down gate and I'm thinking oh my gosh, this has turned into a huge mess. So I'm like, I'm just going to go with it. I'll ask the people when they say about delivery, if I need a forklift. Um, She was like, no, they'll use the gate. They'll put it down on the ground. Um, We had a, one of those for hand hand cart. Yeah, we had one of those. So I'm like, okay, we'll meet you at the end of the driveway with our hand truck. And like, we all went out as a big family. I took a picture of the big tractor trailer in our (laughs) cul-de-sac. Like it was this big event. The guy was very nice. Um, Ours actually came UPS freight. So he was very nice. I forgot about that. Yeah. So he, you know, dropped it down. He loaded it onto our hand cart. We wheeled it onto the um, driveway. And I said, you know, can you give me a couple minutes? I was told that I have to unpackage it, make sure there's no dents, nothing, whatever. And it comes in two separate boxes. So like your machine comes in one box and then your pump and your oil and your filters and all that and your trays come in another box on top of it. And then they're all like strapped together. So I cut the straps. I took the little box off knowing that I was just like the accessories and I opened the big box and it was beautiful. Like there was nothing wrong with it. There was no dents, nothing. So I was like, okay, perfect. This is great. Signed the paper, gave it to the guy. He got in his tractor trailer and left. We got everything in the house. Um, we had bought a special cart to keep it on that we could wheel around. Um, we got it up on that and I started opening the accessories box and I'm like, pull out the pump and there's this black part on the pump and I'm like look the threading on this is broke off so I'm like oh my gosh and I just signed that paper tractor trailer's gone you know I almost had a meltdown so Jeremy's like look just contact Harvest Right see what they can do so I did I contacted Harvest Right I said I just got my shipment I checked the big the machine we left I signed the paperwork now the pump it was it's where the filter sits in it screws on the top of it was snapped and I said, you know, what am I going to do? And she's like, it's okay. You know, we'll send you a new um, pump holder or whatever, filter holder. And I'm like, really? Like, that's all? Because, you know, there's horror stories out there of people, you know, not oh, having my. good harvest rate customer service. And 
honestly, the times that I've times I've had to call or email, I've had great customer service. Agreed. Um, yeah, they did. She she said, you know, we'll get you a new one out, no questions asked. And probably four, maybe four or five days later, I got one in the mail, screwed it on, put my oil in, and we were good to go. So well, with yours too, we were worried that there was like a piece like that got down in yes. the oil sit, which thank God there wasn't. Right. Yeah. And I even asked her, I said, you know, it looks like it snapped off and there was a piece missing. Now, if that's down in my pump and I go to start my pump and it just totally tears my pump up, can I call you back and get a new pump? Like, what's that? And she was like, um, you know, shake the pump. So I shook it while she was on the phone and I didn't hear anything. Like we didn't never did find this piece. And, you know, when I got the new holder, we screwed it on and started it and there was never any noise. I haven't had any issues. So I don't know where that piece went, but thank God it's not in the pump. Right. So, um, yeah. So once you got that done, you were cooking like you were. Yeah, I got mine just a couple weeks before you um, since yours came way earlier than expected. But right. I had a much rougher start than Missy did. Um, So when we got ours, um, it was seemingly fine. So when you get your freeze dryer, the first thing I want you to do is a bread run, which is basically you load some cheap white bread on there. And you just make sure that it's doing its thing. It basically soaks up any, like, it's, like, chemically, like, residue or, like, whatever, right? And the scent. They call it, like, the new car scent. Yeah. So it soaks up all of that. You make sure. So we did our bread run. It was all good. And then I just got to doing it. So we got all of our, I think we did two or three runs. And then I kept getting a vacuum error so it said it couldn't achieve vacuum and I'm like oh my gosh I've had this thing for like a week what the heck is the problem so we had a whole series this probably went on for a month I'm guessing yeah oh my so um we did all the things checked all the seals we Zad and I could probably tear this thing down to the all the little nuts and bolts and (laughs) reassemble it in our sleep at this point which is annoying, but it's, you know, whatever. We learned what it looks like and how it works. So finally, we figured out that our the hole in the back where the, the line comes in, the epoxy was not doing its job. So either they didn't put enough on in the factory or whatever it was. So after we did about a million troubleshooting things with customer service, and like Missy said, I have to say, customer service, was really great. I mean, they were super thorough. They would send me videos so that we knew what to do. They were sometimes on older machines, which was a little frustrating. I forgot. My first problem was I had a bad screen. Oh, yeah. My screen was bad. That wasn't a a big deal. They warrantied it, sent me another one. Zad put it in. That was the first time we tore it apart. Put it all back together. Thought we were cranking along. Then this epoxy problem came up. So I don't want any of these stories to discourage you from getting one. They were really great about helping us. And while I needed instant gratification and wanted it to work the minute I walked in the door, the Lord was testing my patience and um, it all worked out. It was great. I would still totally encourage you 100% to get a freeze dryer if it's something you want and it's in your budget, but we got the, the whole epoxied. And ever since then we've been pulling a vacuum and it's been, wonderful so um as far as issues go that's the only issues that missy and i have experienced um and then you know so the cost so people talk about the cost when we bought ours i'm thinking it was still around twenty five hundred dollars right yeah yeah so and like she said it comes with some starter mylar bags some starter oxygen absorbers you get the impulse sealer which we'll talk about how that works um and the pump so you get all the things for that price um did you have to pay shipping um, I don't remember. I don't, I don't think I, I like did. No, yeah. I don't think I did. I don't. I don't remember. But if you can source one locally, huh, now at this point, it probably cost me as much in diesel fuel to run to effort as it does to pay a free shipping bill. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, I think they're up to twenty eight ninety five. When I checked yesterday, it seems like that's what they're up to. So if you do want to get one, like everything else, I'd get it now before the price goes up again. Um. We, I think we mentioned, we both have a medium freeze dryer. Um, There's a small, medium, and a large. My parents had gotten the medium. It has four trays in it. Um, And that's a nice size. I mean, if I Mm -hmm. ever got a second one, which I would absolutely love to have a second one, I'd love to have a nice little line of them down here in the basement. Um, I I might get a large and and just see what we think. I think 
the biggest difference is the trays are a little bigger and it has five racks in it. Um, but Missy and I both have a medium and my parents and it works great. I mean, honestly, it's a nice amount of food to work through. Um, and you know, in the, like I said, when the garden is bursting or like locally, you know, you're getting your produce from farmers or things like that, you might feel like you're constantly behind. We both have extra set of trays. So it comes with four trays. We bought an extra set of trays. Um, and we usually both have something queued up as we say. So in the freezer, we'll, you know, say we have strawberries in right now in the freezer, we might have spinach queued up or whatever. So that when it comes out, you can defrost and get cranking on your next one. Um, so maybe maybe talk but, a little bit about like the um, you don't have to pre pre freeze your foods, but it does help with the yeah. length of time. Yeah. So we you pre freeze, right? I do everything. Yeah. yeah we always pre freeze, too. So as far as pre freezing goes. So basically what the process is, is you put the food on your trays, you hit the button. It takes about 15 minutes to cool it down. You open the door, load your food in, you're going to close the valve, which that creates your vacuum. And then you lock the door, you hit start and you let it sit. And in 24 ish hours, depending on what you're doing, your food is going to be freeze dried. So it's going to take your food way down low, get it super, super cold. Um, your, it's, it's, your food is already frozen, but you know, it's going to get it down and make sure everything is rock hard, frozen, cold. So it does that. And then it starts the drying process. So um, and then when it's done, you just, you know, open the door, pull your stuff out, you put it in your Mylar bags, throw your oxygen absorber in, and you use your impulse sealer, which um, I don't really know what to liken it to. Maybe like a hair straightener. It's kind of yeah. the same idea. So it basically like melts a line across your Mylar bag. And that's what keeps your stuff, you know, good for up to 25 years, which is insane. You can do this food. And so what? I'm 20 or 20. <laughs> I wish. I'm 34. <laughs> so, you know, I potentially could have this food till I'm almost 60 which is insane. Um, you know, that's not really our goal necessarily. Um, you know, we're doing this so that we can preserve food in season. That's delicious. And we're not necessarily having to go to the store in the middle of like December and buy these strawberries that are shipped from who knows where and sprayed with who knows what and all that crap. Um, so you use your impulse sealer, close it up, and then you just store it. I'm um, obviously mice can chew through a Mylar bag. So you want to make sure like we store ours in tubs. What do you store yours in this? Um, right now I have them in tubs under my bed. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, <laughs> we have ours in tubs in the basement, but um, so that's kind of the process. And then when you're done, you're going to have this huge layer of ice inside um, and you need to defrost or like my mom typically just opens the door and just lets it drain. So you'll set up a bucket um, and the water will just drain into your bucket. And so you can either have the door open and just let it defrost that way. Or you can do a defrost on the machine, which takes about two hours. Um, Missy and I do that because, well, we like to have our freeze dryers going all the time. Um, my mom is not quite as impatient as us. So she usually just lets hers go, which it's not a bad idea. Once in a while, I do let mine just kind of manually defrost just to give it a little bit of a break. Um, I can't remember what the cost is to run it per run for the electric. Is it like, is it like five bucks maybe? I think it was less than that. I think, um, retired at 40 or something has, he has like figured it all out. And then I guess it all depends on too, how much you're paying for electric. True. Um, but yeah, he has like a whole little math sheet, fill it out. It's, yeah. It was like between two and $3. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cheap. And retired at 40 is a great, if you're, if you're really wanting to dig into this, um, his entire channel is dedicated to freeze drying and he's freeze dried grilled cheese sandwiches, and like all kinds of right. things. So like, if you really want to dig into freeze drying deep, he, he's a great one to follow. I think he has a Facebook group, um, and then his YouTube channel. And then some other homesteaders that we follow, they talk about freeze drying pretty often. Sarah at, um, living traditions jessica at three rivers homestead um you know they have freeze dryers and they talk about things that they enjoy freeze drying so those are some other people you could follow if you're just looking for some other inspiration but that's basically the process um as far as setup something i wanted to mention you said about you bought a cart so the freeze dryer is it's not so heavy that you can't carry it like zad and i carried it like down the ramp and into the basement um 
But obviously you're going to want two people when you bring it in to set it up and you're going to want a really sturdy table. So Mm -hmm. like we have ours on like a nice metal table that has like this acrylic type top. Um, Missy and my parents both have a cart, like a restaurant Mm -hmm. style cart, um, which is nice because then you have the rack underneath your pump can sit on that. Our pump sits kind of like behind ours. And then we have the tube that, you know, the water can run into, into a bucket. Um, I think, what does yours run into, miss? A it fireball runs, bucket or something. It runs right? into a fireball bucket because, Fantastic. you know, had, had to drink the fireball before I could use the bucket. Right. Um, we have a nice bucket from Pineview, our little dairy down the road. I picked up this bucket for two bucks, and so mine sits in there. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of the process on how it works and as far as setup goes. And besides, you know, your initial purchase, all you really need, I would say, is the stable surface, whatever you want to do about that. And then we'll link some things in the show notes that we find helpful. You don't have to have them, but they're helpful. Um, an extra set of trays would be one. There's a tray rack. Um, there's this metal fabricator guy online that, like I said, I'll link it. And it's really nice. You can put it in a stand-up freezer, like a side-by-side type freezer, and load your trays in there. And Or if you don't have that option, you can use a deep freezer. You could just put some parchment paper in between. Sometimes I do that depending on, you know, what I'm floating around between our freezers at the time. Um, obviously, you're going to need oxygen absorbers and mylar bags once you run out of what came with the freeze dryer. Um, there's lids. Miss, you want to talk about the lids? I don't have the lids. Sure. So the lids are, they're actually plastic, but they're safe for the freeze dryer. And they're nice because you can, if you're doing liquids and you want to pre-freeze your liquids, you can snap the lids on and put them in your freezer. Or you can also flip them upside down and use them as a tray. Um, You wouldn't want to keep the lids on like your liquids as you're freeze drying. You would remove them before you put your trays in. But you can, instead of using the metal trays, flip the lid over and they're actually like sectioned in thirds. So if you wanted to do three separate things on that tray you could totally do that without them you know merging and forming one big blob of freeze-dried something um so i i actually have not tried i want to do some meals that way because you know that's like it's like a perfect serving for like two or three people if you do like the three um sections so that's what i want to use them for but i do use them if i'm putting liquids or something in the freezer because i don't you know, by the time I get from the counter to the freezer, that stuff has sloshed out and spilled and have a big mess. So that does help with that. Yeah. My mom has like some smaller trays that fit in the big trays, which if you're feeding either a couple things, like if you have leftovers from dinner, like say you make, I don't know, red beans and rice, I don't know, pick something, um, chicken pot pie, you could throw it on and say you only have like a serving or two and you don't want to waste it. You know, you can put it just on that little section or like my parents are only feeding two people and they're four pound Yorkie. Um, you know, that little tray is perfect for them for a meal. So like if they were trying to put up a few different kinds of meals and things, the little pint bags with the zipper top or something, or even not the zipper top is perfect for that because then they can just store up two meals like for us or for missy you know we're feeding five people all the time so probably a whole tray's worth you'd almost need for a meal i would think Mm -hmm. um so that would kind of just be dependent on what your situation is and who you're feeding there's silicone mats also that you can layer up so like if you did a layer of bananas there's a it's silicone right yes pretty sure yeah and then you could lay the mat and do the next you know another layer of bananas um, or strawberries on top or do whatever. Um, I also have not tried those. Um, I probably packed my trays like a little fuller than you're supposed to. I don't know. I haven't had any issues. I really try to keep it below the like rim. Um, but I haven't had any issues packing them. Like in my mind, I'm so conditioned with the dehydrator because I've had that for longer that I'm like, oh, I really need to make sure there's good airflow in between these. But that really, I haven't had any issues with that with the freeze dryer. Have you? No, I think it because it takes it down to such a low temperature that it kind of gets in all those nooks and crannies. I've even layered like um, when I did uh, zucchini, like I layered like the next zucchini on top of the first one and I didn't have any issues with that. And that's pretty watery. Right. Yeah, for sure. I've done that too. Like with bananas, um, like I kind of lay them like, if you're laying bricks, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. like land yeah. like that. Um, and yeah, I haven't had any issues with that. So besides those things, the only other thing you might want to have on hand is there's a book for uh, rehydrating. 
um, which I linked in the show notes for the dehydrator also, because it applies to that too. Um, it's a pretty cheap book. It's on Amazon. Um, and it just kind of gives you some guidance. Like if you wanted to rehydrate strawberries or rehydrate chili or whatever. So for us kind of transitioning into what foods can you freeze dry? Or what do we like to freeze dry? For us, we don't rehydrate things like bananas, strawberries, etc. Those things we just eat as a snack. We love them just as they are. So the texture of freeze-dried food, if you're new to freeze-dried food, is foam. Basically, you feel like you're eating foam strawberries, foam bananas. It's like space food. If you ever went to like a museum as a kid and they had like freeze-dried ice cream, same thing. So, but things like chili, obviously, or ground venison or whatever, like you are going to want to rehydrate that. So you can do that by putting it right in the food. Like if you were doing venison, you could drop it right into soup. Um, You could rehydrate it in a bowl. Um, You could eat it as is. I mean, I wouldn't do that unless the world was very extreme and I was just sitting there gnawing on my ground venison out of the bag. Um, I know a lot of a lot of people do that when they're making it for dog food. Like a lot of people designate a freeze dryer for like dog food. Mm -hmm. And I know that like, you know, they don't bother reconstituting it because what does a dog care? Right. Right. And my parents, that's a good point. My parents actually freeze dry. So they have a four pound teacup Yorkie who is spoiled beyond belief. Um, Her (laughs) name is Ava. She has like a whole entire wardrobe of seasonal things and bows and hats and life jackets and raincoats and shoes and the whole the whole thing she's the how many kids so there's four human children um and then you know she is now the next generation of children for them um anyway she loves freeze-dried chicken freeze-dried um venison freeze-dried fish she's super bougie she doesn't just eat mainstream dog food um so if you're looking for an alternative for your dogs or you're looking to put up food for your dog because we don't have a dog but as i understand dog food and cat food and all of that is going up exponentially just like chicken feed and turkey feed and all that crap um you know you can put that stuff away for your pets too so you wouldn't necessarily just need to freeze dry food for the humans in your house um so as far as things that we love to freeze dry we love strawberries pineapple and mangoes are probably our favorite they are like candy so delicious definitely our favorites peaches also bananas um And like I said, it's like foam, but the taste does not change at all. Like it is amazing right now. So in Pennsylvania, it's, um, you know, we're at the end of spring. We're in zone six. So right now, like we're at the tail end of strawberry season. Um, We just rounded up strawberries, like probably in the nick of time yesterday. I got about eight. um, I got four flats with eight quarts each. So about 32 quarts of strawberries. And the flavor of the strawberries that they taste like, you know, fresh off the vine is literally what they're going to taste like when they come out of the freeze dryer. It's just amazing to me how the taste does not change. Um, So fruit is probably our favorite thing to do. And then we also have started doing a lot of meat. So I'm trying to get meat out of my freezers. Um, One, I just don't want to be as reliant on my freezers because if, you know, the grid went down we lose power a lot here whatever i don't want to be like scrambling to preserve all of this meat that we've either worked really hard to grow or spent a lot of money on buying from local farmers so um we love to freeze dry meat ground meat is so easy you do want to cook it first um at least in my opinion i don't really want raw meat in my freeze dryer so we'll you know just throw 20 pounds of ground venison in the roaster and cook it up and then we just throw it on freeze-dried trays and then it's ready to go and you know we talked about this in the dehydrating episode and you said about rose red homestead you don't want to make extra work for yourself when you're doing your food preservation the point of the food preservation is not just to create food security and put up food in season and all that but it's also that if you were in an extreme situation you're not messing around with oh i have to cook this and i need to make fire or we're out of propane or whatever. Like you want to be able to have that meal ready to go. Just add water, you know, right. anything. And um, a, a view it as like convenience foods. You know, a lot of yeah. people say like when I'm preserving foods and stuff, I'm really missing out on my convenience foods. Well, not really. Like, yeah, okay, it may take a little longer to preserve the food, but that's all considered convenience food. When you can go into your stash and pull out a, a packet of freeze-dried ground venison to throw in your soup, like that's convenient. You don't have to stand over the... the sure 
the oven and you know brown it and drain it and do all that stuff it's like that's what i consider convenience foods now yeah well and i think jessica at three river homestead really helped you and i both kind of reset our minds with like fast food convenience food whatever because you know we're trying not to put that crap in our family's bodies Mm -hmm. and you know jessica was like you know have the cans of beans already on the shelf that you've put in the pressure canner have the mylar bags of the ground meat already ready and that is your convenience food you know in the summertime when you're busting at the seams with projects and animals and gardening and whatever else you have going on you know just being able to dump that stuff in a pot and heat it up like that's convenience you know instead of buying the Stouffer's lasagna you can throw the you know the food right in the pot and you have dinner right um so what do you guys like to freeze dry miss um so basically our favorite is fruit also um we love all the fruits just like dehydrating but i seriously need to find somewhere where i can buy bananas in bulk because if i buy like the five or six bananas at walmart or winn dixie or piggly wiggly (laughs) um and i come home and i freeze dry them they're seriously gone within a day like jeremy and sawyer fight over freeze-dried bananas like i can't even and it's so strange because sawyer is a very picky finicky eater and he will not eat any fruit of its natural form because i guess it's wet it might must be texture issue but every single freeze-dried fruit that kid will devour so I usually keep bananas right now I have on the shelf. I have red raspberries, which are amazing. They're like a sour patch kid. Mm -hmm. Um, We have red raspberries. We have strawberries. We have bananas. We have peaches. Peaches are phenomenal. I have pears and apples that I just keep in like a constant rotation. And, you know, he goes in and he tells me what he wants and I put it in a little baggie and he goes on about his business. Um, His little three-year-old business. Right. He's got a lot of it. Um, one thing that I did find is that he, okay, he doesn't really eat, normally eat meals. Like we've done all of the tricks and whatever to try to get him to sit with us and eat meals. He just is not a fan of eating. Um, so I would be like, okay, well at least he's getting fruit or he'll get some veggies he'll do. He likes freeze dried green beans. Um, so I'm like, okay, you know, that's better than nothing or it's better than junk. But I was finding that, and I didn't even realize this, that if you eat a lot of freeze dried foods, you have to make sure you're making up for your water consumption or fluid consumption because you're putting that freeze dried food into your body and your stomach, it's going to absorb all the fluid in there. So he was having like constipation issues and I'm like, the kid eats fruit like his his diet right. is fruit like why is he having constipation issues so i looked this up and yeah it's it's a thing so which when gonna... you say it out loud you're like well duh but right. like you don't exactly. think about it exactly so i was like okay so now if he's gonna sit down and devour six bananas you know freeze-dried i need to make sure he's drinking he doesn't do that but you know like make sure that you're you know drinking your normal amount of water or if you're not reconstituting your foods prior to you know just just have that in the back of your mind it's not like a big ordeal but when this kid was just eating that to sustain his little three-year-old body it caused a problem that is so crazy like i would have never never even thought about that um yeah and so to touch on just a few things that we personally don't love freeze-dried um we do not love peppers um we freeze-dried a lot of peppers and we'll use them like we'll put them in chili or you know whatever but I can't lie they're not my favorite thing freeze-dried and I also do not love freeze-dried eggs so freeze-dried eggs are fantastic thing to have on the shelf if you have an overabundance of eggs you know this time of year most people are overrun with eggs with their backyard flocks um so basically what you do is just have you done eggs yet miss i have not okay so you just like crack them on the tray scramble them up you can fit about 18 ish on a tray um and you basically get this yellow powder um jamie boy let's go upstairs um so you basically just get this freeze-dried powder and we just hold on we just keep it in a jar and then you can put your oxygen absorber in it you can use your um vacuum sealer and get the air out of it and then you could stash it you could put it in a mylar bag um and you could have your fresh eggs for 25 years which is so crazy but I don't love the texture. The The taste is the same. Like if you would scramble up your eggs, obviously you're not going to make dippy eggs out of this. Um, 
But it, if you're going to do scrambled eggs, the texture is a little different. I don't love it. In an extreme situation, would I eat them? Yes. Um, they're fine for baking and all of that. Um, but it's not my favorite. So if I had to pick like two things I don't love, I think peppers and eggs would probably be those things. <laughs> so let's see. Um, okay, tips. So what are our, what, what kind of tips do you have, Miss? Just general things you learned along the way. So tips, um, mine would probably be to buy your fruit at ripeness or, you know, you know, pick your fruit at ripeness. You don't want to freeze dry fruits and vegetables and stuff that you wouldn't eat you know, naturally some bananas are a big thing. Like some people like the nasty brown bananas. I can't, my banana still has to have a little bit of green on it for me to enjoy. But I think a lot of people have said that using brown bananas brings out the um, sugar content and it's just a sweeter snack. But as far as like peaches and um, apples, you don't want to use like brown peaches and brown apples. So, you know, if you were going to eat it, like right from the grocery store, that's a perfect time to freeze dry it. Um, what else? Another tip would be definitely the pre-freezing. So I have gotten these little things that clip on the corners of my trays where I can stack my trays. It's not like an actual tray holder, but they're just these little plastic green separators that sit on the corners. And then I stack my trays and then I just stick them in the freezer like that. Um, they're great because, you know, they can't break. I keep them in a drawer. I know where they are at all times. Um, pre-freezing. And then just having probably the big thing for me is I don't have a lot of storage space here. We have a really big living room. So our freeze dryer just sits on its cart in a corner in the living room and it runs, you know, like we might have to turn the TV up a little bit. It's not annoying. It's just kind of like that background noise. Um, it's kind of like the hum of a fan, like a loud fan, but, um, I, I like it because it's in my face. If I, I feel like if I had it in a room or, you know, there's no way I could keep it in the garage here. It's way too hot. Um, but away from me, I would forget about it because it is quiet and it does beep when it's done. Um, but it's not like a loud beep. So convenience for me too, is having with my cart, I have my bags, um, right there. I have my sealer right beside it on like a dresser or whatever that I have not a dresser a hutch that I have in our living room I have everything that I need like right there so that I can go and I can get the trays out I can get the food off because you do want to work quickly because you know there's moisture in the air it's going to start to reconstitute your food so you want to get it off the trays quickly get it in its bag the oxygen absorber and get it sealed um, for best quality so I just have everything close like I don't have to run around and get like my bags over here get my oxygen absorbers so like one tip is just keep everything together like even your your pump the oil for your pump the extra filters that's all in my cart I have everything right there on my cart that I need I know like when it's done I go over to the cart pull the trays out get my bags you know do all of that and some of the stuff like the stuff that I keep on the shelves I just have stored in um, mason jars with I actually put a moisture absorber and an oxygen absorber in just because we're in and out of it so much um, so you know jars are a good thing to have too other than the Mylar bags and you can also pressure seal your jars if you wanted to seal them for long-term storage we but also there's... keep um, a pair of scissors and a sharpie always yes, have sharpie. that right on our our little rack of things mm -hmm. yes yeah um a tip for me that i've only done this once i think where i screwed up and i did not close the valve is make sure you always close the valve because if you don't close the valve on the tube um you're not going to get a vacuum and right. you'll come down the next morning thinking you got these nice trays all done and you'll hear doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> ask me how i know so yeah biggest tip for me as far as functionality goes make sure you close that valve and when you close your door so the the lock is like very satisfying to me mm -hmm. um so you kind of turn it twice and you'll know that it's locked like it'll be in the vertical position but when you look at your door, you should see the black circle going the whole way around because then you know that you have a full seal. So the, the seal that comes on the door, the gasket that's on the door, 
Um, when you get it, I believe they recommend that you kind of just wash it with warm soapy water, rinse it really mm-hmm. well, dry it. Um, and when you put it on, you're not going to like shove it on as far as you feel like it should go. You want the door and the seal to kind of come together. And that's what creates your good vacuum. So I just keep like a towel or whatever down here where a freeze dryer is. And I always wipe that seal because inevitably you're going to get blueberry dust or whatever um, in that seal. And any, even one little speck of something in your seal could create a bad vacuum. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something we've definitely learned is always keep that seal wiped. Um, do you keep your freeze dryer on all the time, even if it's not running? I don't. I usually turn it yeah. off and let it let it rest. Um, yeah. Yep. Another thing I thought of too, because I'm you know the spreadsheet spreadsheet queen. Mm-hmm. I have a spreadsheet like hanging on the side of my freeze dryer, and I note like what I put in, how many trays, was it pre frozen, was it not? Um, and then I put in like at the end, I put the time, like the the total time, so that I know like next time I want to go and do tomatoes, four trays of tomatoes take seven like around seventeen hours. So. My fr- the thing that was frustrating me was I would get up in the morning and I'd want to get the freeze dryer loaded. So I'd get the freeze dryer loaded, I'd let it go all day, and in the middle of the night it went off and it was done. And I'm, you know, sleeping, didn't know. So I didn't know if like moisture was getting back in, it was reconstituting it. Do I need to run the whole schedule, the whole process again? Am I wasting energy? No, all of that. So I basically did that so that I know most of the time now I'll put my my pre-frozen trays in around like five or six at night. And then it's usually perfect timing, like 11, noon, you know, sometimes some of the stuff needs extra dry time and it does that. But then like I'm up and my stuff's done and I can take care of it. So you'll just find ways that, you know, it it fits in your schedule and things work out. But that spreadsheet has saved me a lot on like, oh, remember this one takes 28 hours. Okay, so expect that, you know. Well, and you can, when you get your machine and something my mom told me, like as soon as we got ours is you can add extra dry time, like in the settings. So Mm -hmm. we have extra dry time set, I think at 12 hours. So, um, when I got the machine, like this was so confusing to me and I don't know why I just could not wrap my head around this concept, but basically if the freeze dryer shuts off at 3am, um, and you have 12 hours, extra 12 hours of dry time set then you can, you know, it doesn't like Missy said, you try your best to plan it around your life, but things happen. So if you have that like 12 hours of extra dry time set, then that'll buy you time until three o'clock and it's going to keep your stuff dry and all of that. So that like Missy said, you're not sitting there, you now ran it for 24 hours and it's done and it's sitting there sucking up all this moisture because like I said, you're going to have this layer of ice in there that's going to start soaking up if you don't pull it out. So definitely put in that extra dry time. I like as soon as you get your machine rocking, I would put that extra dry time in just so it's done and you have it. I also, however you set timers, um, I would do that. Whether you set timers in your phone or on your um wiretap as we call it on our Alexa, um, you know, set yourself reminders because you'll forget. You'll come down, start it, it'll do its 15 minutes, and you know, two hours later you'll be like, crap, I forgot to load myself. Now, like Missy has hers right, you know, on the main floor. She sees it all the time. For me, mine's in the basement. I don't always I have to set reminders or I would it would be sitting down here just running and doing nothing all the time. Um, so that'd be another tip. If you're going to put it in a room where you're, it's not, you know, in plain sight all the time, alarms are helpful. Um, something too, is you want to make sure a lot of people want to put these like in their garage, um, or things like that. And it, it can't really be in, I don't know what the recommended temperature is. Um, I know we talked about this because you were, especially in Florida, just trying to decide where to put it. Right. Um, I'm guessing it's probably, I don't know, 80 degrees. Um, Yeah, I don't know, because I know, like, I was thinking of putting it out in our sunroom, but, like, yesterday it was 110 degrees, you know, outside, so it was probably an added 5 or 10 in our sunroom, and that wouldn't work. And I have know people have said, you know, that if they keep it in their garage, they notice they have to run it longer. Ours is, you know, like I said, in our living room, and we keep our house at, like, 72 And I don't feel like I have extensive dry times or any of that. So, but it does like the, the humidity and stuff does play a part in the machine and the pump running. Yeah, for sure. Ours is in our basement, our basement, most of the year, I would say, I mean, like I'm down here now, the air conditioner is not like this part of the house is not air conditioned. Um, And it's probably 
60 down here, 65 maybe. Um, and there's a little bit more humidity this time of year. I mean, like the basement door is not perfect. So, you know, there's probably some creeping in there, but you know, something in general like this, some kind of temperature regulation is necessary. You can't just like throw it in a shed out back. That's not climate controlled at all and hope that it's going to work. Um, so I think that's probably about it, Miss. Any other things that we didn't talk about? Um, I don't think so. I think maybe the only thing people that are wondering, you know, okay, so what is the actual difference of dehydrating or yeah. freeze drying? I think freeze drying is just a more thorough process because it does, it actually gets down cold enough where it removes the water and um, liquid that's in the food and like forms it into ice so it like separates from the food and then that's when like it it doesn't even get to the liquid stage like it goes straight from the ice stage to the gas stage and then that's what your you know pump pumps out and all that so that's the only difference i think they say sometimes you know dehydrated food is like 95 90 to 95 percent like moisture free, whereas freeze dried food is more like 99%. So that's why it can last many years longer. So that's kind of the difference there. Yeah. And something else too, in your little arsenal of things, um, you know, besides the Sharpie, the scissors, the towel, whatever, is have a jump drive or a thumb drive available. So on the side of your machine, you'll notice that there is a USB port. If you ever have issues with your software or you have issues with it running, like when I had all my vacuum issues, I just popped the thumb drive in there, put it in my laptop, buzzed it off to Harvestrite, and they're able to see all of your files and see exactly Mm -hmm. what happens. which is cool. Um, you know, in an ideal world, maybe it'd be on Wi-Fi or something, but, uh, or Bluetooth, but it, it works. I mean, it, it seems maybe a little, like at first I was like, wow, a USB drive, like this is so 2005, but <laughs> it works. And I'm sure they've done all the research and it was the best way to do it because of file sizes and things. So just keep a, a thumb drive on hand in case you, you know, cause if you're like me, you have something happen, you're not going to like want to wait till it comes from Amazon or whatever. Um, You know, you're just going to want to pop that thumb drive in and just get your stuff done. So, and I know as far as the software updates go, we haven't personally done an update because, you know, like I said, ours is only like four months old. Eventually we may want to do a software update and you would need a thumb drive to do that also. Um, So yeah, other than that, I think I, like we said, Missy and I are huge fans of our freeze dryers. I really can't imagine what life would be without it. Oh, we should talk about powdering really quick. So oh, yes. something really cool that we both love. So Missy's been making superfood capsules, which she'll talk about in a second. Um, I've been powdering a lot of spinach. So you freeze dry the spinach, drop it in your blender. We have a Vitamix, which I love. Um, and it is perfect for making powders. You can drop your freeze dried spinach in your freeze dried red raspberries your freeze-dried kale whatever make the powder and then those powders are amazing to add to smoothies we put them in so we make uh yogurt from our goat milk and um we'll add that and make like an alfredo type sauce um you know with spinach in it or collard greens or kale or whatever um the powders are fantastic for the smoothies so just and it saves so much space so we love powdering so talk about your capsules Yeah. So the capsules, I basically um, did fruits and vegetables. And I know a lot of people, some people are, um, they don't like fruits for some reason. And they don't, I'm one who's not a big vegetable person. I'm very picky about my vegetables. So I thought, you know, okay, I can freeze dry these and I can powder them and put them in capsules. And I figured out the whole math of it. It's approximately like a half a cup of um, fresh vegetables, once it's dehydrated and then powdered, goes into the capsule. So you're, each capsule, you're getting a half a cup of vegetable or a half a cup of fruit. Um, and it's just an easier way for people to take, you know, get make sure they're getting their daily um, value of vegetables and fruits. Um, some people who have been using the capsules have said that they've noticed that it's actually, like, suppressed their appetite where they're not feeling that they need to snack. That's so... It's kind of interesting. Um, I mean, and a good thing, some people that, you know, are seeing not specifically weight loss results, but the fact that they're not, you know, wanting to snack and it's helping them feel fuller. Um, So, yeah, it's great. And I mean, it when you freeze dry, 99% of the nutrients stay. Um, You don't really lose anything. So you're getting like the full um, impact of the fruits and vegetables in one capsule. 
Yeah. Well, and I think it's really interesting, like for somebody like Sawyer, who doesn't love food, but like he likes yogurt, you know, you could stir in. Now, obviously, you got to work with him on flavors and colors and whatever. But, you know, you could stir in some strawberries or some whatever and get a a little bit of extra nutrients in him. Um, So, yeah, powdering is just and it's fascinating. It's not I won't lie. The whole powdering situation is not always very fun because it's like you blow and like it just like goes everywhere um so it's a little bit messy but it's um I'm just fascinated by it and the colors like nothing is more satisfying than having like a jar of blueberry powder and a jar of red raspberry Mm -hmm. powder like and the colors are just so vibrant because it holds on to all of all that good stuff so I definitely encourage you to powder. You could kind of do it with dehydrating, but I, someone asked me this yesterday. I feel like if you dehydrate and then try to powder, you're almost going to get more of like a, like a seasoning dried herb tea kind of consistency more so than a powder. Yeah. It's, it's strange. And I think that has the moisture has to do with that. The moisture that's still left in the food. Yeah. I think so too. So Okay, if you guys have questions about freeze drying or can I freeze dry this and that, um, you know, whatever, uh, drop it in the comments, reach out to us on social media. We're both on, you know, Instagram and Facebook, Homesteading Roots and Chapel Forge. Um, You can join our Facebook group, which is the Wayward Homesteaders. And that's become very quickly and become an awesome just community of just resources and asking questions and just mutual respect for people just trying to learn how to create food security, create homesteads, create, you know, just the environment that they want to live in that gives them peace, that gives them, you know, a sense of, I can do this. I hate saying on my own, but community reliance, you know, Missy and I have talked about that a lot here lately is community reliance. So check out our Facebook group for all that good stuff. We, um, Chapel Forge, we just started our YouTube channel. So that is up. We just put the video up today about raising meat turkeys. Next week, we'll uh, have a video up about water glassing eggs and just lots of good things coming down the pike. Um, Missy's going to be digging into vlogs, which will be super cool. So, and something I think just a quick note before we go is, you know, if you're looking into podcasting or YouTube videos or making a Facebook group or whatever, like don't look at these things as a competition. Missy mm-hmm. and I have this conversation all the time. And sometimes we just feel like we have to get over ourselves about it. Cause we're like, Oh, this person has this and I don't, or they did this and I didn't or whatever. Um, everybody just has different experiences to draw from, you know, Missy and Jeremy are going to hopefully be soon coming up to, hopefully somewhere near here in Pennsylvania. And they're just going to have a totally different, you know, their, their experience is not going to be the same as ours. We're on three acres. Maybe they're going to have five or whatever, and they're going to have a dairy cow and we have dairy goats. And, you know, maybe they have totally flat pasture type land and we're working with woods. And so, you know, I would just encourage you that if you feel like you have a cool story to tell, that you have things you want to share with people that you just go do it and don't worry about what other people are doing. Just go do it and go make a vlog, a vlog, write a blog, make videos, do a podcast, whatever it is that brings you some joy. This has been super fun for Missy and I. Um, Obviously, we miss the crap out of each other. So doing podcasting gives us another excuse to talk to each other at least once a week. Um, (laughs) So anyway, just wanted to to throw that out there. So drop your questions. Let us know what else you want to know. And we will be back next week talking about freezing so that seems super simple but there are some things that i feel like are of note when you want to start freezing food and it's probably the simplest in my opinion way to preserve your food um and probably the cheapest you know you buy a a chest freezer for like 200 bucks and you can get cranking with your food security that way so we will see you back here next week to talk about freezing so bye guys bye friends